chaos is everywhere. Yo. How's it going? It's tip top over here, Captain. All right. Well, welcome to We Are Chaos. I'm your host, John McGillchrist. That guy over there, he's condemned by the Space Pope. That's TJ Madman. <laughs> These are great. I know. Then I'm, for years, I'm just going to start jumping around because I'm never going to remember where. So I'll just pick ones at random. And if I repeat myself, oh well. Sounds anyway, fantastic. so today we are going on to our next episode of The Good Place, which is um, What's My Motivation? It is season one, episode 11. Um, I will say not a lot of people listened to the last episode, according to my readers. So if you want to go back and keep up with every episode in order, Chidi's Choice is already up. I don't know exactly when I'm going to load this, but check out Chidi's Choice, which was the last episode of The Good Place. Um, but yeah, so... Let's uh, get into it. Um, I'll just do our normal breakdown of the episode. So the last episode ends with um, Janet's, or not Janet's, um, Tahani coming up with an idea, which she doesn't tell us, and they are all in Michael's office to start this episode. Her idea is basically, uh, can we use the point, uh, the actions that Eleanor has done here, apply the point system that we they use on Earth to see if she can earn enough good person points to stay in the good place. Michael says he doesn't know if that'll work. It's never had to be proven before, but they give it a try. Um, Michael says that it takes about an average of 1.2 million points to get into the good place. And he gives Eleanor a counter. She earned negative 4,003 points on earth. And then immediately loses five points by um, telling her, She's going to rub it in everybody's face when she shows how good a person she is. Um, I just love that part. And uh, then they keep going from there. Um, the other part of the show is that Janet and uh, Jason are t- together. They obviously got married. So we start with them making out. But Jason doesn't want to hide his relationship with Janet. He wants to tell Michael because he thinks Michael's her father, which is weird. But it's also like at least Sincere. he has good Yeah. Yeah. And um, Janet says that's probably not a good idea. They go and get yogurts, and Michael immediately sees Janet, sees that she's wearing a wedding ring, and then Jason walks up and is also wearing a wedding ring, so it takes like five seconds to put it together. And for the first time, I think in the entire series, besides talking like Eleanor or Janet um, or Tahani, but like first time Michael's hearing it, he's like, Dad, we need to talk. And um, because he, again, thinks that Janet's his daughter. <laughs> And so that's the B plot. Um, the A plot's pretty straightforward. They start by trying to hold the door open for everybody in the good place because you earn, I forget how many points it said, it's like 10 points or something for every door you hold open, which it's one of those things that's really funny about the show is to learn the little things that either lose you points or gain you points. And it, it's very specific and it's really funny. And it, it's a joke that keeps going out through the rest of the show. Uh, but it's not working. Um, and then Tihani realized that everybody hates Eleanor. And so the idea then is to try and make up to everybody 
uh, for everything that Eleanor has done, you know, all the chaos that was caused by the stuff and, you know, the giraffes and the, the garbage falling from the sky. So she invites everybody over to her house. Um, she says that, uh, well, she invites everybody over to Tanya's house for a party to say sorry. And she um, eventually uh, gives a speech. And then the way that she wins everybody over is they're like, how can you ever make up for everything you've done that's so bad? And she says, um, what is it? Ponani's po no. Ponani's nerfect. Yeah, thank you. I can't say it. The joke, of course, just flip the letters around. And because these are good, you know, good place nerds, they all start laughing hilarious because it's the funniest thing they've ever heard. And uh, but the problem is that Eleanor still doesn't uh, have any enough points. Like her counter doesn't go up. Meanwhile, I'll get back to that in a second. Meanwhile, um, Michael is testing Jason the same way that he tested Eleanor with the same exact questions. But of course, Jason did everything that Eleanor said no to. He had a um, personalized license plate. He committed several serious crimes. He paid to hear the Red Hot Chili Peppers 50 times in concert. So I don't, I would love it if they got to The Bachelor, because I wonder if he had an emotional reaction to The Bachelor at some point. I'm sure he did. Um, but yeah, Jason uh, is so much worse than Eleanor. Um, and he, basically, he's trying to like find out why Michael's not okay with the them being together. And Michael's like, "Well, one, you like she's not supposed to feel love. It's she's not built for that. And two, you're kind of an idiot that um, was a horrible person." And then tells Jason how he died, which was uh, I love this so much. Um, his best friend and he decide to rob a. Mexican restaurant that they were eating at. The way they were going to rob the Mexican restaurant was they were going to lock Jason in the safe with a snorkel. Very important that he has a snorkel. Um, and then in, go install the safe. They would then, Jason would then pop out of the safe, steal the money, get back in the safe, and his friend Poe Boy would then come back and take the safe back out. They would get all the money. Um, the people at the restaurant immediately know that uh, Poe Boy is not Italian and also is trying to rob them. And uh, Jason actually ends up suffocating in the safe because it's a safe. He, of course, he would suffocate in it. Also, he was doing whippets, which, as the cop that's arresting Poe Boy says, couldn't have helped. And so that's how Jason died. And that makes Jason realize that he isn't good enough for Janet. At least he doesn't feel like he's good enough for her anymore. And uh, Michael's like, this is all fucking nuts. I'm going to go and uh, kill Janet again to try and get rid of this glitch because it has to be an error. Um, but when he leaves, Janet and Jason both decide that they're not starting over. And Janet says, I have an idea of where we can go. And that gets us back to um, Eleanor. Eleanor does actually gain some points by helping Cheedy with some advice because Chidi's feeling conflicted on whether to tell real Eleanor that he loves her because she just gave him a nice note that says, I love you. And uh, she says, you know, if this was some random person at a Diamondbacks game, not to step on the joke, I would say mull it over, but this is universe approved. So just tell her you love her. She gets like five points for that. And I think it's because of that. There's, it's important for two reasons. I think that's part of the reason she has the revelation that she can't earn good place points, and this is the important part of the episode, 
because everything she's doing is completely out of self-interest. So her motivation is corrupt. Therefore, she cannot earn points. But no matter what she does, that's nice. Um, so what she ends up doing is writing a personal apology note to everybody, makes hilarious T-shirts that everybody will love, and sends them out with um, Tahani uh, to everybody around the neighborhood. And um, then basically decides to go and get on a train to get to the bad place. Um, Chidi figures it out that uh, when he's talking about his motivation for telling um, the real Eleanor that he loves her, that it was that her motivation was changed and that's what she was doing. So he rushes to try and stop her from going to the bad place. So yes, in the end, she does earn the 1,300,000 points because she decides to leave. And it makes all the good things she did an actual good thing. Uh, but before she can get on the train to go to the bad place, Janet and Jason show up. And basically because um, Eleanor doesn't want to be there or doesn't belong there and Jason and Janet don't want to be there anymore, instead of going to the bad place, they decide to go to the medium place, um, which is Mindy St. Clair's house. Um, we'll get to meet her in the next episode. They uh, end up stealing the train. The judge who's supposed to be judging whether Eleanor belongs in the good place. Um, they end up stealing that train to leave. And that's how we end it. We meet the judge and Michael's like, Oh, Eleanor has done so much good. And his last line is basically, Oh really? I believe she's stealing my train right now. So, <laughs> so that's where we end the episode. Um, I think I hit everything important. Uh, is there anything else before we jump into the, like the thesis of the episode? Uh, no, I think everything besides Pillboy. Oh, Pillboy. Yeah, I said Pillboy. Um, yes. You're um, using too much of your logic brain. Yeah, Pillboy actually makes more sense when you know what his job is later. But that's beside the point. Um, so before we jump into the thesis, I do want to point out a couple of things because this episode is a really good place for the uh -huh. um, the multiverse that can be put, built around this show and other shows made by the same people. So starting with the one that's pretty much confirmed, if you look at the safe that uh, Jason gets in, it's called, it's uh, the make of it is Swanson Safe Company. And that is Ron Swanson. Um, if you look it up, you can just Google commercial for the safe. And it was like an audio commercial they did with um, Nick Offerman. And it's just him reading a copy saying, uh, for legal reasons, I have to tell you not to lock yourself in the safe. Why anybody would do that, I don't understand. But I have to say this. And yeah, it's a really funny commercial because it's that Ron Swanson delivery of this is a very good safe. If you want a lesser safe, buy something else. I don't care. <laughs> but, so that's part of it. So this that confirms the good place and um, Parks and Rec do happen in the same uh, universe. But there's another universe because the judge is played by Kevin um, from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, his name is actually, what was his name? I'm going to hate myself because it's just a really generic name. It's Sean. Like he introduces himself. That's his name. It's Sean. Um, but in Brooklyn Nine, he, he plays Kevin, which is uh, uh, Holt's um, husband. One second. Yes, Jen? I'm going to have to take a quick break here. Uh, my dog is needing to go out. So we'll come right back and I'll finish up what I was explaining. Sorry. Hey, oh, Uberty flops. Sorry for the uh, interruption. Sometimes your dog has to pee. So, chaos is never planned. 
It just yeah. happens. Yeah, someone should make a show about that. Um, <laughs> it's everywhere uh, and everything. So I was just uh, going over the theory about Brooklyn Nine-Nine. There, there's a lot that you need to know about later in this um, in the series. Good place to understand the whole theory. But what I'll say is basically, without giving anything away, the idea is that um, Kevin and Captain Halt are creatures like Michael and everybody else in the um, precinct is in a afterlife neighborhood together. And I like, there's more to it than what they're actually doing, but that requires information you guys don't have yet, but you get, at least get the gist of what the crossover would be. I'm um, sorry. Are, are you saying that Brooklyn nine, nine isn't factual? Like that's, that's something that didn't actually happen. No, it's not a uh, cops like documentary. If you couldn't figure that out. So. Man, my day just got a lot worse. It's weird because, like, I know it's all connected, but I just started rewatching Brooklyn Nine Nine just for the hell of it. So it's fun to talk about as it's fresh in my head. Um, fresh in your head, title your sex tape. <laughs> good one. <laughs> Fuck, that was actually really good. Anyway, um, but yeah, so those are two of the crossovers. There are probably more because I know they they do they've done a lot of other shows, but those are the two crossover. Um, like multiverse things that I know from the good place. Um, yeah. If I think of any others as we go along, or if I remember any others, like throughout the series, I'll definitely drop them in. Uh, but that, what we, that's not the main thing we do here. Main thing is about the philosophy. So as you can probably guess, the thesis of the episode is um, motivation. Um, the whole point of the episode is that it doesn't matter what you do. If your motivation is corrupt it doesn't get you any good points. Um, now, on Earth, this would basically mean that uh, it wouldn't do anything to you. You'd still do the good things, but you're just not getting afterlife credit. But let's just, let's just take it as a general statement. In this universe, if you do something good without the right motivation, it's pretty much like you didn't do it at all. Um, yeah, so, like, the ends don't justify the means. Right. And we've talked a little bit about this as... Uh, like in different episodes of this, but this is like where it's really concretely laid out. This is the rule of this universe. So I guess the best place to start is like, what do you think of that as like a concrete rule? Um, I know we've talked about can good things be done without having good motivation, but this is now just a rule of the universe. Like if you find out tomorrow that nope, it's only when you do good things with good intention that it actually means something. Would you be okay with that? The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Is would I be okay with it? No. no. But like <clears throat> I've actually read a couple different books and we talked about in one episode about altruism. Is mm-hmm. like it's kind of a similar argument because like I, altruism is an ideal. No one ever completely a hundred percent achieves it or acts it. However, it's usually with the not act that people are acting altruistic. So when it comes to intention, it's hard to prove that there is a holistic, like altruistic, good motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that goes back to the art thing of like overall for physical health too. Like, yeah, if you don't want, you know, good things for yourself, that's also not good. So it's kind of a weird, like, no, I don't like it <clears throat> because then that would be abnegation to a fault mm-hmm. and it would be a very dangerous like place because like 
all of like positive self-worth, confidence, value would just kind of fall also by the wayside. Like, I don't know how they could like, not justify, but like how they would quality and quantify that. Yeah, no, it's true. And that's the whole point of the show is that there's a system that does quantify it. And we can, we'll definitely talk about that more, but like for whatever reason or for however you would feel about this personally in this universe, it's not a what if, or does this, it's a uh, established fact that every action has a numerical value of good or bad to it. And that that's just the fact of this universe. That so, makes my spine shiver. <laughs> I know. So like we can have that conversation about like there's no way you could possibly know, but like like tomorrow if you wake up in this universe, um nope, there is a number for every action you do. Uh, so yeah. I'm sorry, I just thought of an episode later where Eleanor uh, farts and blames it on a chair. I think Janet says that like loses her five points or something. <laughs> just, anyway, not, not the point. It's just like I like that there's it's so minute. It's anything. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's an interesting thought experiment because like that is that is something we have no idea of. A lot of people might think that they can quantify good or bad based on everything, but one. We don't know how far the ripples spread. And two, we there's no one keeping track, at least on this side of eternity, uh, of whatever points you're putting out there. Uh, it's up to you to decide. Um, I think that's part of the reason that might scare you because it does, it does hurt the idea of not free will because you have the will to do whatever, but like the, like the motivation, like why yeah. people do the good. Like that's the thing. Like. It, especially in like Western society, like if you got mm. rid of, if the good things didn't have benefit, why right. would people do them? I will say one thing that they do, because this can very easily be a common date or um, condemnation of um, religion and especially like a Christianity um, uh, idea of hell religion. Because if you think about it, if what matters is your motivation and your only motivation is to avoid the punishment of hell, then would you get the points? They do sort of like fudge that line. I don't know if they did it. I'm assuming they did it specifically so they didn't get letters about it. Um, but basically as long as you're not a hundred percent sure about what happens in the afterlife, your motivations are not corrupted based on what you believe is going to happen when you die. Like, um, that, yeah, like you can still earn points, even if your motivation is something like you're afraid of punishment. It's only after the only reason Eleanor's points don't go up is because she knows her motivation is purely self preservation. She knows exactly what's going to happen to her if she doesn't stay in the good place. So that's why her motivation is corrupted. But on this side of it, the it, yes, your motivation matters. But the only time in later in the series that they talk about um, your motivation not mattering on Earth is once you know exactly what happens in the afterlife, then you're kind of screwed. Um, yeah, but that could yeah. like breed a very, very dark asceticism, mm -hmm. which also goes back to church stuff. But um, I am not comfortable with that path. <laughs> 
that's okay. We don't have to go down that path very specifically, but it, it's just an interesting like little thing that the writers did. And I think they did it to avoid being too controversial because one of the things this show does very well is walk a line of talking about a good place, a bad place. And as we're going to find out next week, a medium place, but without it being too heavily reliant on any one religion. Um, so that, you know, you, so that you don't have to like, uh, have big questions about you know what religion is right or what religion is doing the right thing on earth. That's not the point. Um, but it is an interesting idea. Um, let's see. What else is there? I so the other part of this that I really like uh, that isn't really the philosophical core of it, but it is a very important thing is Janet's learning to love. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't really explain how because I don't think she knows. Um, but the, the idea was that when she was rebooted, every time Janet's rebooted, she gains more knowledge and abilities and like, they, they make a fun joke about her being spoiler alert, wiggle her fingers. Um, well, you already know, Michael's going to try and reboot her. So, and she said, anytime they are rebooted, so they can reboot it multiple times. I haven't said if she's going to be rebooted again, that might not happen. Who knows? Shut up. Uh, I want to nitpick here. The wiggle finger thing is actually impressive when you do it that way. Like it's literally committing to it. Cause if you do it with that confidence and somebody tries to do it like 99 people out of a hundred can't do uh, it. Oh, I can't do it. And I know that already. So I'm impressed, but, but yeah, like so she, every time but because she was rebooted, she learns new knowledge. So something about being rebooted, uh, like allowed her to feel love and hate actually, which is interesting. Um, but obviously we saw what happened. It wasn't just a fact that she learned new knowledge. It was how Jason treated her while she was still um, regaining her knowledge that I think made that happen. But it is an interesting concept for the character that, like, <laughs> I want to call her a robot, but every time you say, every time anybody says she's a robot, her only response is I'm not a robot. Um <laughs> But like an artificial intelligence learning to love. And it's kind of weird in this, like in what's been going on this last week. Have you seen any of the stories about the AIs um, like really gaining sentience in a weird way online? Uh, I mean, have I seen things? Yes. Did I read them in any? No, I just saw yeah. them as clickbait and I was just like, all right, no, not in the mood. I have no idea if it's true or not, but the basic rundown is that like AIs that have been set up for like Bain or Google were um, interviewed by reporters and basically very quickly, the AIs became very hostile. Um, one of the reporters pointed out that like the AI had made a mistake and it became very hostile to the reporter from then on, um, like the seemingly experiencing anger, which was the weird thing that everybody's reporting on. I'm sure it's, much more complicated and much less, um, what's well, I'm looking for, like Skynet-y. <laughs> That's a good word that it's being reported. But it is an interesting idea of when does intelligence uh, breed consciousness or can intelligence breed consciousness? Because intelligence, I think we've gotten to the point where we can say we can make an intelligent AI but have we gotten to the point where we're going to create a conscious AI? And I think one of the ideas is that we probably won't know that we've done it until we've done it, which is why it's kind of scary. Um, 
but yeah, so Janet is the realization is a character of a conscious AI that is learning, like spontaneously learning things that don't make sense for an artificial construct. And uh, yeah, her, her whole journey throughout the show at this point is kind of set. Like it's a continuation of her learning um, about being more human. Um, kind of like most AIs, honestly, in a lot of sci-fi, but the way they do it's pretty cool. It's not like derivative. It's just it's a it's kind of a standard starting point that gets interesting as you go along. So, um, yeah, sorry, I got on a sci-fi tangent there. <laughs> well, I was just thinking too, because almost all these conversations you've asked me the questions, so I'm mm-hmm. like, aha, play devil's advocate here. So, like, the initial question that you asked me about the motivation thing that made me all uncomfortable. Like if you woke up tomorrow and like this world was fact, what would that mean to you? Honestly, I would be okay with it. Um, Especially knowing where the world kind of evolves into because. Uh, No, let me give you context. Okay. It has to be. You only know where you are. Like you don't know anything else. Like the, the, the fact that you know more about the show you have to forget that. You only know what you know now. Okay, so I only know as far into the show. So I know that there is a um, there is a universal set point system for my actions, but I have no idea if they're good or bad. And, um, and they're I don't based know. on motivation. Right, and they're based for, on my motivation. Mo- yeah. And they're only good if my motivation is good. Um, honestly, it doesn't freak me out. I mean, the idea that it has a set number is kind of off-putting but at the end of the day i don't know already how much good or bad my actions put on the universe really i can assume but i will never know um i honestly think about that a lot i wonder uh because i've had people tell me in my life that like i people i didn't even think have come up to me and said you know we had this conversation and it really helped me and i was like i don't even remember the conversation i'm glad i helped you um, I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying, like, I had no idea I had any kind of effect on this person's life, and they told me I had a positive effect. I'm assuming the opposite is true, and there are people, no one's ever come up, but I'm sure there are people that I've had a negative effect on that I have no idea that I've ever had a negative effect on them. So I've already lived in that kind of world, so that wouldn't bother me as much. Um, but, yeah, as far as, like, it coming down to my motivation, I kind of hope and believe that that's true anyway. Because I, I've just seen too many people that do the right thing for the wrong reasons. And it's not, I won't say it's a negation because sometimes some good can come out of it. But in the, for the most part, what it ends up doing is giving bad people a higher place in society over others that don't deserve it because they're quote unquote good people. Does that make sense? So. Yes. So, yeah, so that's the answer. So I wouldn't worry about the points total because I already don't know how good or bad my actions are. And I am actually kind of okay with the idea of it, your motivation being the real thing that actually matters because there are just too many people that don't do things for the right reasons and do things specifically to get ahead. You know, so, and I, yeah, one of the things that I like about this universe in general is that there is a sense of justice overall in the universe. And I don't feel that in the world in general. There is, there is. It's, it, it, it's very imperfect. It, it gets worked on through the Caesars. 
but there is a system like you're literally seeing a system of do bad things you get punished or you get rewarded there's a lot of problems with the system as we're going to find out but there's there is that sense of some somebody's watching you know what i mean and i don't think that's true in the real world i don't i don't believe in a anybody watching or anything like that and um i'm i live with it but i don't like it um so yeah so there's my answer that makes interesting distinction because like my fear and your acceptance are two different things my fear is more towards society of like how Mm -hmm. that processes for other people when i asked you you thought about it more internally for yourself Mm It's because I can't ever be sure that people are real. You could all just be the illusion. Uh, of the- red pill, blue pill. <laughs> no, um, I was actually thinking of. I think it was a uh, Descartes. I uh, like you there's mean a, Descartes. Yes, Descartes. I think Greeny. Because isn't his, one of his theories the um, the the evil genius theory where that sounds t- right. They talk about it in the in the good place because of course they do because it's literally a philosophy class in a sitcom. Um, but the idea is basically that the first concept, as everybody knows from Descartes, is I think, therefore I am. Past that, it becomes hard to know anything because basically anything and everything that you see can be the product of a malicious intelligence working against you. Um, and yeah, I won't go into it any more detail than that because there's a lot that gets talked about later with that, and it's some of my favorite episodes. So we'll get to that eventually. But um, but yeah, no. So um, yeah, you guys could all just be tricks played on me. So I should just be worried about internal because I think, therefore, I am. <laughs> hmm. Just philosophy you in the face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna let my stomach turn for a little bit. Um, <laughs> Although I will say that Cheaty very specifically says that um, that line of thinking is very juvenile later. <laughs> well, that's a, like for his character, that's a really hard. Well, that comes back to like things from about the show, but like thinking about his character, like one of his flaws, even though he's in the good place, he's a very good person, is like he never could act on anything. So, like, right. if his motivations were good, but like going back to like input output. Like, that's just so hard of an argument. Like, his motivations were good, but he didn't fucking do anything. Like, like, how can you be a good person? Like, if you, like, like one of the, like, one of the negative sides of, like, passivism or, like, uh, escapism. Like, if you just don't, and your motivation is, like, I don't want to hurt people, that's good. But, like... It's that's good in a passive a good, way. It's not a good thing overall. Right. Doesn't staying out of things is not wholesomely good. It doesn't send good out into the universe, basically, it because you're not bad either. But right. I was even trying to think of like Eastern religion. So like we I I know like earlier when I was talking about Western religion, I was like, okay, so like even like Buddhist world or whatever, like there's parts of this that can kind of go back to like that kind of don't care, the numbers don't mean anything. But then with mm-hmm. your question, like, well, the numbers kind of mean everything once you figure it out. You just don't know that the numbers exist. Right. Um, and like part of like, I don't know, the anarchist in me is just like, even though the numbers exist and everyone's going to tell me that they exist, I'm just going to be like, no, nah, I don't want to. 
And I don't know if that would be a good or a bad thing. If like I intentionally didn't care about the numbers and just lived my life, would that be a good motivation or bad motivation? I don't know. Again, it would, um, if you knew about, if you knew about the system in this universe, your motivation would then become moot anyway. But like, if you, um, I'm too punk for this shit. Fuck the system, man. (laughs) But let's say you're just living your life and you just like, you don't care whether your motive, like whether your actions are good or bad, you just do what you think is right. um, And it ends up putting more good into the universe then I would say that the, the universe that this is put in would say that those are good actions because your motivation wasn't to improve yourself or to preserve yourself or whatever else. It was to do these good things only because you wanted to do them and to put that good in the universe. So yes, that would be a good thing. Uh, speaking of motivation, because the other, other half of the motivation in this episode is cheaty. Because his whole thing isn't about whether or not he loves real Eleanor. He says, yeah, I think I do love her. Um, it really, he says it several times. He doesn't, he's not sure if his motivation is correct for loving her. He's not sure that if he loves her because he thinks he's supposed to, because he's, uh, she's his soulmate. Because uh, the system told him to, man. <laughs> right. But that, but that's his thing is like, and that's exactly what you talked about is that he can't make the decision because all he's worried about is whether or not making the decision is motivated correctly. So he ends up being very frozen with uh, panic until Eleanor was like, shut the fuck up and stop thinking. And so he does. Um, so yes, there, there is no try. There is only yes. do or do not. He clearly didn't watch Star Wars enough as a kid. Basically, this show is just Sith and Jedi. Yeah, and that's the philosophy he was missing to help him figure out the rest of his life. Um, But yeah, Yeah. so there you go. So what is your motivation? I hope it's to listen to more episodes. (laughs) Uh Definitely Um, to listen to the Red Hot Chili Peppers because that gets you... Only if you pay money. Like if you listen to them on, on like Pandora, I think you're okay. It's if you pay money to go see them, it's the problem. Well, but see, that's another argument because that goes back to I think one of the things that talks about the show is like any streaming service you're paying for. So like anyone who has any streaming service, aka like the most popular one being Spotify, uh, everyone is guilty of that. Fucking Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> Which they're not a bad band. I don't know what like that must have been some weird inside joke. But, yeah, I don't know. I would love to know, like, I'm, if they just picked the band at random. The band if they thought played, it was some funny. of that stuff makes sense, but it's right. just kind of like picture. I guess it's just like trying to paint what a douchebag would look like. Yeah, and like those facts are not mutually exclusive. I think. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. All right, but yeah. So, um, our, whenever we get to the next episode, it's the next one's Mindy St. Clair. Um, like I said, Eleanor, Jason, and uh, Janet are going to the medium place. Um, the medium, yeah, basically. The medium place is a very interesting idea because if you've paid attention, Eleanor's talked about this a lot, uh, that she wasn't a horrible person, but she wasn't great. There should be a, play, a medium place for people like her. Um, the reason that Mindy ends up there all has to do with motivation. Um, so that'll tie into this episode. 
but it's it's just a really cool um like idea overall it's not a purgatory it's literally this one person and you'll find out why when we watch the episode yeah so this Um, is weird because it's like meta full circle but like it brought me back to i'm going to ask you a question but i'm also going to ask our viewers (laughs) have you ever read the great divorce by c.s lewis i have not no because so i know literally one of the initial stems of this kind of sort of idea before radio show radio show was a screw tape letters so I'm going to suggest, even though it's Christian background and all it's yada, 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 because also that's something that's weirdly trending is like the toxic parts of Narnia world, which is a whole other thing I could do a mini rant on forever. And C.S. Right. Lewis would be like Tolkien, just like th- turning over in his grave until he died again and again. Um, I do love that those two are friends and they have such like weirdly different ideologies on how they built their world, but they're both very religious. Well, same thing too, religious, but also just like time frame and also just older white dudes, like culture yeah. of time frame. Um, but The Great Divorce ultimately ends up talking about the seven deadly sins that you don't realize that. But mm-hmm. the transition is like, you don't know anything. It's all very like allegorical. Like people get on a bus and they're waiting and people are like, well, when do we get off the bus? And it basically goes into like, you know, the three states. So like, it would be interesting to compare some of the commentary that is in like, I would say part of the screw tape letters is kind of part of this initial setup. Mm-hmm. And then, cause like Michael would be probably one of either screw tape or whatever the other one would be. And then, right. um, so basically everything comes back to either star Wars or Narnia. That's when we always talk about stuff, there's just comparisons. Like this is basically uh, Narnia you know, hey, uh, you can't ever I find ever, what you're looking for. I great ever, divorce. I, okay. I, I beg our viewers, read. It's a very, very short story. And like, it's one of the ones that you read it and you're like, I have no idea what just happened. <laughs> and then you have to go and cliff notes it. And you're like, holy shit. And then you read it three more times. And you're like, I vaguely kind of have an idea. Right. So if you want to struggle with something as be my guest, that's one of the things I love to do. Don't look too far into that, people. Um, <laughs> read read C.S. Lewis. Read, but not his short stories. More just that of, you know, screw tape letters, great divorce. And, I, and like kind of making this full rap is like how our host people kind of came to be and part of like you and I's uh, correspondence with this whole world started with the screw tape letters. So yeah. it took however many years, but it finally came back in. There is um there is another philosophical work that very much influences the overall structure of the good place, but I will wait till we get a little bit further before Dante's I talk Inferno? about it. No, but um yeah. close. I can't remember the actual title of it, but it's like it it's a very it's a play and it's uh, very much forms this. But we're gonna wait till we get a little bit further. And by a little bit further, I mean literally like two more episodes. <laughs> episode. um, Season finale. Basically, yeah, because uh, we've got Mini St. Clair's and then we have the season finale for episode, or for season one. And then, yeah, we're off to season two. So, um, yes, yeah, so I don't know. I don't think I'm going to put this out right away. It'll come out relatively quickly, but I, I just don't know when this will come out. So, um, It'll come Monday, out in the future. Yeah, Monday will be some sort of Star Trek. Check that out. Deep Space Nine Voyager, most likely. And then... Uh, yeah, every other Wednesday is modern wrestling, and then we do watch-alongs. 
which at this, as of recording this, in the near future will include watch-alongs of classic ROH. I'm not exactly sure what we're going to watch, but I do know I'm signing up for the service, so we'll have the ability to watch those pay-per-views. So, woo! I'm trying, uh, I'm trying to figure out some way to like butcher ROH into like not Rings of Honor, but I can't think of anything else. So, like, well, that's what it is. Rings of Hell. There you go, Dante. Uh, there you go. There you go. All right. All right. Four people are turning in their graves. There we go. All right. Well, have a good week, everybody, and uh, we'll see you soon. Stay motivated out there. Good one.